What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone of all things JFW. Welcome back, everybody. Good morning, everybody. We've missed you. Howdy, howdy, everyone. Hey, top of the day your way. Last time we recorded a podcast was December 29th. I actually had COVID during that podcast and didn't know it yet. And it's funny because I listen to certain podcasts and one will just grab my attention. And I mean, I'm like a devout listener to a podcast and then they ghost for a while. And I'm always like, I'm a little bit upset. Like, what's going on? Why aren't they putting out a podcast? Now I understand life happens and sometimes you can't get four guys in a room to to report a podcast so it is good to be back uh there's guys pushing for the podcast jesse paeza he threatened me <laughs> said he's gonna beat me up so we had to get this one done i know senior's been pushing a little bit to get one recorded so <laughs> yeah absolutely jam jim senior's been on us here we are guys don't really have great stats from episode 12 uh, i think just with the holidays and everything a lot of people weren't listening, but I will say we have 99 followers now, and we are approaching all-time downloads. The number's almost 3,000. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Very cool. Great. We did get a pretty cool comment on episode 12, and that was from Doogie. I don't personally know Doogie, but his name is a staple here at JFW. He said, hi, guys. This is Doogie. Just listened to my first podcast. Really enjoyed it. Going to listen to the past ones when I get a chance. I see you guys out east where I live pretty much every day. Keep up the great, safe work. Hey, morning, Doogie. Glad you're listening, buddy. Thanks, Jim. Good to hear from you, Doogie. Jim, is that his real name? Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. I got super confused. And I'm like, wow, Dave doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> what? Who's Doogie? Yeah, I know Doogie. <laughs> we can throw it out there. Jim Smith. It's not a common name. But yeah. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. funny. But, but, ironically, I'm, I'm tied to him. Really? Yeah, we have the same birth date. Oh, nice. Yeah, different year, but same date. Who's older? Cool. I'm not going to tell, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Another... I'll tell you, Doogie, you are somewhat of a legend around here. <laughs> uh, oh, I feel the story starting to come to me. <laughs> yeah, Russ just uh, forgot his name just now <laughs> when you listen, Russ. <laughs> That's funny. Do you guys want to tell a quick Doogie story? I don't know if there's a quick one. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. No. 10-4. Okay. <laughs> Dave. Another, another pretty cool thing is we picked up France, Denmark, and Mexico. Wow. And the cool thing about France is they listen twice. So, you Could know. Could have been a mistake. You, you, exactly. You, you hit play two times and you're, you're, you're a Channel 23 listener. Right. So, well, Welcome, France. Glad to hear from you. And uh, we want to say hi to Kevin Palmer in Australia. He's not the guy in Australia that's been listening, but this is a friend of Scooby's that's a trucker out in Australia, and he's powerless into all the podcasts, and he's pretty hyped up on it. So what's up, Kevin? Right on. Hey, Kevin. Good thanks, morning, mate. Thanks for listening, Kevin. Well, World Tab, he's got some connections out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's worldwide. World <laughs> So with COVID and myself being quarantined, all I tell is inside jokes now. So I don't have anything. <laughs> oh, man. man. Well, I saved up a couple, you know, and I noticed on Facebook, and you've told a few of us, Jam, that you were getting a, a bird. And uh, did you know I have a, a pet duck? 
I did not. Yeah, I, I took her out shopping and she got some uh, lip gloss. You know what she said? What? Go ahead and put it on my bill. Oh, <laughs> that's good, man. That, that might be your best one, Jim. I'm impressed. Oh. Only took 13 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky 13. Well, mine's pretty windy this week, so hopefully I can get through it without screwing it up here. But, uh, Jim, you could probably identify with this. A group of guys just finished working out at the gym, and they were in the locker room changing in the afternoon, and there's this phone laying on the bench, and it starts ringing, and no one answers it. Finally, this guy reaches down and flips it open on speakerphone and says, Hello. Woman comes on and says, Hi, honey. I'm just checking in on you. Are you finished working out at the gym? And he goes, Man says, Yeah, I just finished working out. She says, Well, I just wanted to get with you. She said, Today I stopped by the mall and I found the cutest little dress and it's only $1,500. But she goes, I just, I fell in love with this dress. And he said, You know what? I bet you'll look stunning in it. Why don't you go ahead and get the dress? And she goes, Oh, thank you. And she said, Also, on the way to the mall today, she said, there was a big sign out front at the Audi dealership and the new models are in. So she said, I stopped in and she said, they have the favorite model we talked about on sale for $60,000. Can I get it? And he says, of course. He said, but only if you get it with every option that it has. I definitely want every option. And she goes, oh, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. And she said, also, she said, I just got notification. The house we were looking at a year ago just went back on the market. It's for sale for 950000 And he goes, oh, that's great news. He said, why don't you put in a bid for 900000 and we'll negotiate from there. And she goes, oh, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. She says, you have a great day. I'll see you when you get home. And he says, okay, I'll see you too. She hangs up the phone. He picks up the phone and says, hey, does anybody know whose phone this is? <laughs> not bad <laughs> what do you got soup oh well i can't match that that's for sure but uh you know i'm i'm stuck in the middle of winter we're we're watching it snow outside right now almost it's kind of drizzle but uh i'm thinking of spring so if april showers bring may flowers what do may flowers bring Crickets. You got, you got crickets. <laughs> Pilgrims, man. <laughs> I love Dope. you. <laughs> I love how you threw the man at the end. That's awesome. This guy just keeps <laughs> winging it's, these it's, dad jokes. It's, it's the delivery. It's the delivery. He's, yeah. a, he's a stud. It's awesome. Yeah. Can't compete. Uh, before we get into celebrations, I, I wish everybody gets well soon. We do have. Quite a few people have with COVID, and uh, some are a little worse than others, but we all hope to see you back to work soon. Yeah, absolutely, Jam. I know we're not there yet, but that was one of my shout-outs okay. to everybody that was recovering, has had it, not recovered yet, going to get it, whatever. Yeah. Just you guys hang in there. Everybody's yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Do your best to stay healthy and get through it. <clears throat> Lots of vitamins. Yep. What is it, uh, D and uh, what are they recommending? Zinc? Yeah, vitamin D, yeah, zinc. Yeah. zinc. You know, a lot of fluids, that kind of stuff. I think it's, it's congestant in some of the cases. So. It's so hard to drink a lot of fluids when you're sick. My wife kept pushing me, drink more water, drink more water. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to drink anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Can't you tell I'm curled up and dying? I don't want to drink anything. <laughs> just, just leave me alone. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Just leave me alone. That's the way I am when I'm sick. I, I don't want visitors. I don't want to talk to anybody. Just 
I'll deal with this. Okay, so own, it's, you know? it's not just me. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is the first time I've been sick, sick in the relationship, and you know, my wife just wants to serve me, and it's like. Yeah, I just, I just need to, if, if I need something, I'll shoot you a text message. You know? <laughs> just shoot you a text. Re, re, refill the Kleenex box, but otherwise, just leave me alone. Uh, on hey, a high note, oh, did you? Well, I just want to, when you get to celebrations here, because of Dave's joke being so poignant, there's a lot of birthdays there, Jam, and yeah. I think May, beside the Pilgrim, May's the month of love, from uh, what I could tell there. <laughs> it <That's>, is. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we are there, and let's talk about the birthdays. Jr. was uh, his birthday was January fifth. Andrew Martinez, January sixth. Rick Gray, January eighth. Alan Reyes and Kurt Spencer share the same birthday, January 9th. Jose Barraza, January thirteenth. Richard Garul was January seventeenth, which was just a few days ago. Gerardo Vargas is tomorrow. And uh, yeah, that's it on uh, on the birthdays, guys. Happy uh, happy birthday, everybody! Happy birthday, everyone! Uh, that's yeah, cool. happy birthday, everybody! Sorry we didn't you know put out a podcast and wish you on time happy birthday, but happy birthday! That's uh, a struggle. Anniversaries: Jesse Baeza on January second hit his three year anniversary. Senior, if this is accurate, Dave, you gave me a date of January fifth. That would make it forty seven years, but I think that's just JFW time, right? Not. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And then uh, Johnny Beret, January sixth was his one year. He's already a trainer, helping us out big time. Serge V, he hit six years on the seventh. Pat hit two years on the seventh. Holly White, eleven years on the ninth. Chris England with his five year anniversary, January 9th. Rob White and Rudy Guerrero share January eleventh. They both hit their one year anniversary. Jose Barraza. January 13th is his two-year anniversary, which happens to be the same day of his birthday. So his birthday present every year is working at JFW. Wow. <laughs> he, he reminds me that every year. He's like, you know, I started on my birthday. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Zeus just hit his five years on the 16th. Leroy Luna, one year yesterday. Dale Boyce, is today the 19th? Yeah, Dale Boyce's anniversary is today, one year. And then Seabass has his two-year anniversary coming up on the 20th. Nice. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, congratulations, congratulations, you guys, and yeah. thank you very much for the dedication. Yeah, congratulations to us for having those guys. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It means guys. a lot. How lucky are we? Yep. I love watching the growth as people are here. They, they become so much more knowledgeable and comfortable and, uh, um, you know, reaching out to newer guys and telling them, uh, you know, what's going on and what they've learned over the years. I just love to see the growth. You know, Chris England has grown so much in the years mm-hmm. he's been here. and um, It's real cool. Absolutely. Seabass, he's on the safety committee. I mean, he's just so steady and so reliable. You know, he just got over COVID. He wasn't out very long. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have put that out on the airwaves. I don't know. But <laughs> everybody's had it. I mean, yeah, it. our yeah. whole wash bay is shut down. We got one guy working. There's right. no one else in the wash bay for yeah. a week here. Yeah, because of joke. COVID, not to mention all the drivers and mechanics. So I yeah. joke with Joey Burnt uh, before he had it because Rich was out, Josh Brown was out. I was like, well, it looks like you knew the new boss. And then <laughs> what is uh, what is it, Lane? Lane. I yeah. saw Lane last night, and he's a one man show. I was like, well, it looks like you're the new boss. I was like, <laughs> make sure you fire everybody when he, they get He got back. promoted, right? He, he's got all the positions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you read all the anniversaries, Jam, it just 
it's amazing how easy the time flies and goes by and then you see these numbers and you're just like it's it's just amazing it's good it's a good feeling yeah absolutely yeah we're thankful for every one of those anniversaries that's just fantastic shout outs tufu wants to give leo montez and 0028 a shout out for helping him get unstuck g hernandez i remember this day he uh came in in the morning next thing you know he's got a puddle of oil underneath his pickup truck and it's a problem i mean it was a lot of oil check <laughs> check this dipstick like it was it was dry and uh he actually went trucking he said he'll deal with it when he gets back he didn't want to miss a day's work so good work ethic there and then uh, he wants to give out a, sh- a shout out to mitch brenner because mitch just lent him all the tools he needed when he got back in to take care of his pickup so nice yeah, way to go, mitch. pretty nice uh sam man shout out to him for being accident free in 2021 we missed that or i should say i missed it Ray Davis hit me up, I think it was January 6th, and he wanted to remind me he has perfect attendance for the year. <laughs> Way to go, Ray Ray. Man, you made it three days. <laughs> I, need a, I need to check the uh, bamboo and see if that's still accurate. <clears throat> Look at the positive, Jam. Look at the positive. Absolutely. Man. This outline's a little old, though. <laughs> and then uh, these following guys, Dale Boyce, Rudy Guerrero, Anthony Harper, Dan Hawk, G. Hernandez, Big Tone, Aladdin, John Moore, Canelo, Tufu, and Jesse Baeza. I'm giving those guys a shout out for completing their timesheets correctly the first day of the year. Woo! Way to go, you guys. And that's the bamboo ones. Yeah. Right? So that's like 10 or 11 names out of 100 that did it right. (laughs) So those guys were paying attention. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And then this list. There probably could be some new names on it because, like I said, the outline's old. But Troy Hunt, Ryan Emmerling, Troy Holmes, Jesse Baeza, Rick Colleen, Dustin Romero, and Casey Guthrie ran flawlessly LDs the first week out of the gate in the New Year. So that nice. was nice to come in. And, you know, I've told you guys our, our goal is no violations this year at all on the ELDs, and those guys took it super serious. So. Thank you for that. And if you've gone out of town since then and are doing it correctly, thank you guys and girls for that as well. Yeah, flawless is no violations, right, Jim? That's what you you mean by it? Yep, exactly. Yeah, it it might hit the people that this is tedious and this is a pain in the (laughs) neck, right? But it's a big deal. It's about doing our job and doing it right and, and, uh, you know, being right. that guy, right? Yep. Yeah. And I love Jim's comments. Sometimes being different is just doing things right. So these guys are being recognized for being different, but really they're just doing it the right way. Right. You know, and they so, stand out, Jim. They stand I mean, not, out, absolutely. not to bash anybody else, but when you stand out this much for doing it right, it, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> different, I guess. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Scooby wants to give a shout-out to Richard Garul. I guess he jumped in Richard's truck the other day, and it was spotless. He detailed the entire thing, so nice job, Richard. And then uh, shout-out to Craig Bristling and Vincent Elisario for completing a backup challenge with no pull-ups. Wow. You know, the backup challenge isn't uh, – you don't have any financial gain for that anymore, but <coughs> Scooby and JR, they're holding these uh, driver training meetings, and part of the meeting is a backup challenge, and those guys did it. So nice to see some new faces, and I don't think those guys have been driving super long either, but to get around that corner in that spot, you know, a few corners without pull-ups, that's, that's a good Yeah, deal. awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Hey, then I just noticed, Jam. What about Sergio on here? I didn't. You just didn't mention him. We skipped him. 
He's right above Troy Hunt and Ryan, that group there. Sergio Portillo for oh, situational yeah, yeah. awareness. Oh, wow. That's wow. <laughs> sorry, Dave. <laughs> that, I, I have it here. I was just yeah. letting you keep oh, going. Sorry, yeah. Dave. That's yeah. that's a Dave shout out. So oh, okay. I'll, I'll let him do it. But yeah, I was supposed to bring that up. I'm glad you noticed that. <clears throat> yeah, no, we, we wanted to be sure this was on here. Sergio had a scenario for what we call situational awareness in his parking spot. He happens to park in one of the two spots in the yard over by the red shop where the the ground is actually sloped that goes to a drain. And uh, <clears throat> it was he parked on a snow day, so he backed up on top of all the snow, created a bunch of ice. When he got ready to pull out in the morning, he ran a late Coors load the night before. So when he pulled out, the we're assuming the shoes were froze to the brake drums. He pulled forward about eight feet. And on that angle, the trailer started to slide over because the, the wheels were locked. And he was able to stop like six inches from bashing two trailers into each other. And uh, that's just situational awareness. I mean, I don't know how many times in the years past this has happened where, you know, you're not really focused on looking at, at both truck and trailer when you're pulling out of a parking spot and we may accidentally hit something. And I think that's just kudos, man. Sergio moved eight feet stopped after looking in his mirrors and was like whoa i can't go any further so that was a win-win to us you know and he did the right thing he didn't try getting out of it he didn't try moving anymore you know he contacted dispatch and dispatch linda had the whereabouts of hey just leave it we got guys coming in we'll get to it it was a snow day and sergio was able to hop in another truck and go to the can i think he was the early coors guy and uh jam and i and super dave came in and looked and it was it was like a wow moment. Like it was literally inches. You couldn't put your hand between the two trailers, right, guys? Yeah. And I mean, we were able to get the brakes to release and literally drove the trailer right out of where it was at with no harm, no foul. And that's just a win-win when you have a guy that's so focused on everything going on around him that he knew his situation. He knew the situational awareness. He was engaged of what could happen and was able to stop and, and be accident-free. That was a win-win. That's Absolutely. huge. Yeah, it took us three to make sure he got out of there okay. Yeah. So I'm glad he was by himself and he did stop. I remember, you know, just the investigators and all of us were like, oh, well, what happened and why did this happen? And at some point, Brother Dave was like, you know what? It, it really doesn't matter why it happened. It just matters that he stopped and went out to repair a trailer. So. Well, I tell you, <clears throat> those trailers were so close. I was driving the truck forward after we release the brakes and well i'll tell you what i've been in jobs before where that trailer decides to slide sideways whether the wheels are rolling or not <laughs> right. and i thought great i got eight inches before i hit this next trailer but it pulled straight out yep. yeah when you jumped in the cab of that truck i was like cool <laughs> go for it good job sergio absolutely yeah. yeah all right dave you want to talk about uh friends of fiori yeah i do Thanks for bringing that up, Jim. Not a problem. So uh, I'm sure many or almost all of you guys know Fiori and Sons Excavating. They're a, a longtime family business, as is JFW. I think they're three, possibly four generations in. But Fiori has a great, great uh, separate business, I guess. I won't call it a business, but a fund that they have that's called Fiori Cares. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a locally held 501c3. All of you guys are going to ask me, well, what the heck's a 501c3? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> a 501c3 is a non-profit corporation in Colorado. It assists individuals and families who have experienced significant hardships. Today, Fiori and Sons 
has pledged $50,000, and with our support, they hope to raise $500,000, but they need our help. So Jim and I have talked, and we've talked with a couple guys here, and we would like to put out a challenge to every JFW employee. Whatever you are willing to donate, JFW will double that and turn it in. So if all of JFW's employees can rally $20 a piece, I think yesterday, Jam, when you did the math on that, that was $2,800 if every employee here gives 20 bucks. You know, <clears throat> I guess I should tell you what the 20 bucks is for to donate. On December... Dave, Dave can you tell us? <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. So on Thursday, December 30th, I'm sure every one of you paid attention to this, but we had one of the largest wildfires in Colorado's history. The Marshall Fire destroyed nearly 1,000 homes in Boulder County. The towns of Marshall, Superior, and Louisville, Colorado, were devastatingly impacted by these fires, leaving over 1,000 homes and families with nowhere to live, nowhere to stay, and almost every house that burned lost everything. You know, I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine getting ready to leave work and go home to everything I've worked my entire life for gone. No shoes, no clothes, no vehicles, no no garage, no tools, no nothing. It's it's like vaporized and that's just devastating to us. So we would like to partner with Fiori and try and get every employee here to please just donate $20. I know there's been a lot of questions and comments about donating items. Honestly, the reason we're excited to partner with Fiori, they're after just pure money. And I know that sounds greedy or maybe, you know, not the right term. The reason we're excited about that is they always find the correct place for this to go where all of those thousand homeowners get to utilize some of that cash instead of giving all that money to an institution that takes 40% because that's what it costs to run their organization. This is something that the cash will go directly to those people. And uh, we believe strongly in it. We're excited. You know, we want to see what you guys can donate. If you guys can rally up 2800 bucks, JFW will match that and donate 2800 bucks and match that. So then we'll have 5600 to turn in. And I personally would like to sit here and say I'm, I'm more than willing. I'm going to donate $100 out of my own pocket and, you know, kind of start the funds flowing. Nice. Yeah, I'll kick in 20 bucks right now, too. Um, so yesterday I uh, went to the doctor. My doctor's office is Boulder Medical Center. And that's in Louisville, right? So we drove past these homes, you guys. Um, Jackie came with me. And uh, it's just so creepy because the last time I was there, they were beautiful neighborhoods, green trees or whatever, you know. And now it's just foundations and rubble. Uh, it was the first time I've laid, I have laid eyes on that area. I live in Lafayette, so I'm right around the corner. But it was creepy. It really was intense. Yeah, it I want to mention too, you know, we we thought about just JFW trying to donate some money. And uh, the reason Dave is asking you guys to get involved is because when we mentioned the Christmas giving to the kids, you guys, us as a company or, or teammates, you guys stepped up so greatly. We were shocked at the gifts that came in from you guys. And so we didn't want to leave you out in this. Um, you know, if, if you feel like you can give, that is fantastic because we were shocked at how giving you guys are and, and how special you are. So we just wanted to make sure you, you guys, all of us knew about that. And, and that's the reason we're, we're doing this also. 
Uh, you guys can't see it, but Jam just got out his credit card. We're going to run it. We don't know how much, but we're going to run it. Well, I feel stupid because I was looking for my JFW card, and Ryan Emerling has that right now. <laughs> hey, Ryan, stop and run Jam's card. <laughs> yeah, I hope um, – I don't know. I could imagine some people – I mean, does everybody rebuild? Do they all stay and rebuild, or how does that work? There was an article in the paper yesterday, Jam. They compared it to the people that lost their homes in the floods in 2013, mm -hmm. and there was an article of a, a gentleman that went through that. I, I didn't have time to read it all, but it was a big deal for him of to rebuild, not to rebuild, to live in that same spot, and a little different for him because his house could possibly be flooded again. Mm -hmm. The chances of these guys' homes being uh, burnt again, you know, should be very low. Right. Um, something that I've been following through there on the cleanup is like the city of Boulder is coming through and so much of that stuff has turned into hazmat and has to be disposed of properly wow. and, and correctly and stuff because of certain items being burnt. And they were just saying that just that part before somebody can come in and get re to start to rebuild could be up to six months just for that. Wow. Um, so that's just, you know, I can't imagine being into the summer and still no place to live. Right. Yeah. Uh, that that's, makes me emotional. And another thing that people, hopefully they're, you know, thinking about, but the cost of building materials now is through the roof. So yes. a lot of people might not have proper insurance coverage to, to Absolutely. rebuild. Yeah. Absolutely, Dave. You know, we lucked out. We had three families from our swim team that their houses were fine, but they had to evacuate. They were able to stay with other family members from, from our, my son's swim team, and that was cool. We had two families, though, that personal friends that were staying at the hotel that burned to the ground. One woman was here visiting from South Carolina that used to be on our swim team. Her and her dog got out safely but lost everything in her suitcase because they were just told to evacuate. So she grabbed her dog and ran out, lost everything that was in her suitcase. That's pretty minor. Right. you know. And she posted on her little Facebook page, she still lost $600 worth of stuff in a suitcase traveling for a weekend. Oh, Can you right. imagine the homes? And then my wife's family actually had a cousin. Their whole family was staying at the same hotel. They had found a contractor to remodel their house and they needed to stay in the hotel for two weeks while the contractor like cut their power and redid their kitchen and whatnot. And it was just easier for, for the family of five to stay in the hotel. And so they lost everything that was, that was in their hotel as well as the other wow. uh, friend did. So it was minor, but still, when you look at how you're impacted like that, can you imagine losing everything in your home. I, it, right. it, it blows me away. I, I can't comprehend that. And the pets, too, like I, that. Was you just imagine the, yeah. the people that lost their pets. I mean, <clears throat> right. you know, you know, people consider their, most people consider their pets as family. And, uh, yeah, I just can't imagine, you know, I, I could give a shit about anything in my house. Right. But if I lost my dogs, I mean, just knowing that they suffered would be just oh, too much. That, yeah. That's what I thought yeah. about Horrific. Jam was the yeah. suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good way to go. No. Next on the list for the discussion, I got a note. Culture, getting along, the 3% raise, and bad runs. Jim, you want to you wanna <laughs> kick that one off? Oh, throwing it on me, huh? <laughs> uh, hey, guys, I hope I do a, a good job of explaining this or, or talking through this. You know, we, we did the 3% raise uh, at the beginning of the year there, and then, you know, $2 for the mechanics in the office and stuff like that. And we're proud of that raise, and, and we're proud of you guys. And we mentioned several times that 
you guys deserve this. You earned that. Um, you know, and we've talked, I think in the last podcast, we mentioned it or, or we've talked amongst ourselves that, you know, with that raise, that equals out so many of the runs and so many of what, so much of what we do in haul that there really isn't a bad haul anymore. I still understand that there might be ones that pay a little more or you like to run that a little more, but we've tried to do this also to equal the jobs out so that we're not hearing, oh, I don't make any money on that. I don't make any money on that. You guys, you just got a 3% raise. You're all making money. We just don't want to hear that anymore. That's not, that's not our culture. When we talk about culture, that is not our culture. Our culture is positivity and going out when you read our creed, but going out and getting the job done. And we're going to press that on you guys. Dispatch is not going to cater as much as what they did in the past. You know, they'll try to make a good run for you. They'll try to get what you want, but we want you guys going out and doing the job, doing it joyfully, and no more complaining about what it pays. We just fixed that as far as we know, and we stepped up to the plate and did that for you. Not not we as me and Dave, but we as everybody. We We decided that together and did this for you guys. So please, you guys, our culture is going out and getting the job done no matter what it pays. Some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad. So, yeah, you get anybody else want to join in can back me up a little bit on that? Absolutely. I mean, I'll just tell you my experience as a driver. What happens to a lot of people, you know, they start at JFW, they're new, and they start, you know, catching their stride. And they're making a little bit of a name for himself. And the next thing you know, dispatch trusts them to go somewhere other than plant 12 or plant two or do something cool or a little bit more window time and you know maybe it's a special load that just the pay is just better than average Mm -hmm. you know and then you do that that for a little bit not to interrupt you jim that requires more work more effort a spotless clean trailer more skill more skill right right? i mean there's there's more effort for that higher paying load yeah absolutely and then one day you get put back on plant 12 again and you're like well, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Why are they mad at me? Why are they mad at me? <laughs> How come I'm on the shit list? You know, and it's like, you didn't do anything wrong. Nobody's mad at you. You're not on this mysterious list that doesn't exist. What happens is we need somebody to cover that and go do the work. And it's not fair for you to be the only one to go do those cool jobs either, if that job even exists anymore. We all got to do whatever we got to do to take care of the customer. And that plan 12 and that plan 2, those guys run all year. That special load's not around all the time. So just keep in mind, like, we're not above our, our coworkers. Nobody's more special than the other one. And we all got to do what it takes. They just try to make a little joke out of it. So the shit list just got 3% better. Right. right? <laughs> if you get put on the imaginary shit list, yeah. it's 3% better. Just, there, there really is no list. <laughs> there is no list, Dave. Yeah. You're right. Keep in I, mind, we have people turn down jobs if you have to like drop and hook trailers that pay $35 an hour. Right. Yes. Because they don't want to do it. Right. Right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's, well, I just don't want to do that. Right. I think a lot of times, you know, Linda has proven this time and time again what one guy thinks is a great job, another guy thinks sucks. Right. Yeah. There's no two opinions the same. You know, one guy may want to run plant two all day long, and another guy's like, why am I in trouble? What did I do to you? Why am I on plant two? Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, everybody's opinions are different, but it, it does kind of crack me up. When it comes to money, 
it's not always all about the money. No, it's how sexy is the job too, right? right? right. So, I mean, just even the out-of-town run, we got that Utah run right now, and, uh, you know, Randy's doing a great job of getting more people involved, so we're sharing, you know, spreading the love a little bit, and, you know, there's some newer drivers that been doing a bang-up job where it's like, hey, let's give this person a shot. And then you call them, and they're like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. You know, they don't want to be away from their family or – you know, the money isn't everything, you know, right. and, you know, they want what they want. They want to do Morton to Plan 12. That's what they like. And you tell another driver, hey, we need you to go to Morton to Plan 12 today. And it's like you call their mom a bad name or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and Randy's been doing a good job, too, Jim, just like you mentioned, you know, trying to to train somebody, you know, get them some mountain experience, right. get them an out of town stuff. So, yeah. And then, and then he's trying to make sure that somebody that may want to go, he contacts them, which he, he doesn't have to do. Right. You know, we don't have to do. You know what? Shout out to Randy. You know, yeah. I don't think Randy's got a shout out since we've been doing this podcast. Dispatch has as a whole. But just, you know, seeing Randy do his thing and, you know, find work and get drivers. I mean, that guy cares a lot and he, he's really getting good at his job. Absolutely. And then as far as culture and getting along, I mean, we're seeing a lot of this right now. And I don't know if it's the winter time, but respect each other. You know, there's no reason to curse at each other or be patient. If somebody's parking, wait for them to finish, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah just taking your time. Cadillac it, yeah. Jam. We're paying you to be nice. How about that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> isn't that just being better? Yes. I, right? <clears throat> I hope your, your grandpa's listening because that term Cadillacing has caught on. Oh, yeah. I've had 10 drivers talk about Cadillacing just in the last week. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's awesome. That, that makes me proud of, of you know, being a third generation and being able to take things from back in the past, Dave, and bring, yeah. them, bring them forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Some other stuff going on here at JFW. We are testing some new cameras. We got three Samsara cameras in some trucks. I'll just tell you who they are, 0021 Oswaldo, 0054 Andrew Fetner, and 0034 Vince. Uh, these cameras have extremely good AI, and AI means artificial intelligence, so they can tell when you know, your driving behaviors are unsafe and stuff like that, whether it be following too close or speeding or hard stops or distracted driving, which is a big one. Right now, Oswaldo, his first day, he got a couple alerts, and then it's just been crickets. Like, he caught on real quick. Oh, if I do this, I get an alert. And he's a pretty safe driver anyway, a mm -hmm. very safe driver, I should say. So he's, he's winning the safety score, so to speak. I think he's at 97 out of 100. Nice. Congrats. Uh, yeah. Andrew Fetner, he had a little bit of trouble in the beginning, sat down with him. I got to tell you, in the last couple days – He's been doing really good. His alerts are virtually zero at this Way point. to go, Andrew, yeah, especially so, after the yeah. meeting we had. Yeah, I'm proud of you, Andrew. And then uh, Vince Meekins, we're still working with Vince. We meet quite a bit, but he's very receptive to what's going on. And, you know, the things that he was getting alerts for on day one, he's no longer getting alerts for. Nice. Day two, he's not getting alerts on those things on day three. The day three stuff we're still working on. But <laughs> good job, Vince. And what's interesting is – you could tell a lot by uh, a driver's driving habits by their fuel mileage. So they actually have a fuel efficiency score as well. It'll tell you, you know, what your truck is doing. Like, so Oswaldo, he's got the best fuel mileage. He's getting like 6.4 to 6.7 miles a gallon. 
the guys that aren't doing so hot are like 5.2 miles a gallon. And that's from not cadillac and that's from hard charging, that's from throttle down to hard braking, and you know, you just putting a truck through those paces like that. So I've been pretty impressed with the Samsara platform. What it would take to get switched over to that is a whole nother story, but right now their platform is definitely winning compared to uh, Surfsite. But Surfsite also did just put out a new update on their artificial intelligence. So we are able to compare apples to apples, whether their platform isn't as good as Simsar, it doesn't matter. Uh, so just so you guys know, if you've been getting alerts and I put out bamboo notices talking about, and we'll get to this in a safety topic, but talking about distracted driving and seatbelts. So Surfsite also has AI and we've been running that. Uh, I got to tell you, I had to make sure the, the camera was on in 0043, Jesus Varela. His camera doesn't say anything ever. So <laughs> I, I double-checked it to make sure it was turned on. Like, there's got to be something. Like, because sometimes the artificial intelligence is wrong. You know, and it'd be like, oh, this guy's not wearing a seatbelt and his seatbelt's on. Or, oh, this guy's on his phone and he grabbed the CB mic. You know what I mean? So it's not perfect. So just because you get an alert doesn't mean that you're in trouble. We look at the video. We check it out. We make sure it's correct. <clears throat> Jesus Varela hasn't had a single alert. His camera's on. His camera is on. Yeah. Oh, the kid's yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd, that's great. Every, I'd like to just throw something out there on those cameras real quick, if I may. You know, these guys are professional drivers. You know, they're out here doing a job. They've been doing it for a long time, especially uh, Vince Meekins. He's been driving for 25 years. But they're taking this really constructively. They're, Absolutely. They're not being standoffish or arrogant or anything. Um, they're saying, hey, wow, I didn't know that. I need to improve or I wasn't aware. And, so it's not about pointing fingers saying you're a bad driver it's about no no we can do better and they're they're being real positive about it i love that yeah great point dave because that's like just to joke around it's like drinking our kool-aid because we talk every time one of us talk we talk about being better and to be a a 25-year veteran or more or even a 10-year veteran a lot of times you're set in your ways. Yeah. And to want to change and be better and realize you can be better and get maybe yeah. better fuel mileage, yep. be safer. I mean, like you said, Jam, when we get down here to the, the safety topic about distracted driving, I, I looked up a lot of statistics before we started here. And it's scary, you guys. And, and that's the reason we're looking at these cameras. Because, again, what are we trying to do? Make ourselves better. Make everybody better. Absolutely. I mean, this starts from when we're kids in school, right? I mean, come preschool, first grade, right? We're taught how to do arithmetic and read and write. And when we're not as good as we could be in one department, we get help from our teachers, right? I mean, absolutely. if, if any of us have any kids that are in school and they're coming up with a C or a D in reading or arithmetic, we're probably there to help them. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's our goal as as leaders and leaders meaning parents and, and all of that. It's it's the same thing. It falls right in line. I mean, I know that's kind of a, a silly analogy, but it is the truth, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be the A-plus company. We want to have the A-plus drivers. We have the A-plus equipment. We have A-plus pay, right? Absolutely. This is going to make us A-plus all the way around. It makes us better. And thank goodness there's the technology there. You know, way back when, we had to ha- we would have to have, you know, 35 or 40 Scoobies and JRs and Pats running around everywhere to watch all the trucks. Right. 
Now we can program a computer to give us an alert. Right. Right? If we're coming down the hill too fast, do you guys think that's out there to narc on you or to make us look better? Well, guess what? When the state patrol sits up there and 50 trucks go by, 10 of them are JFW and none of us are speeding because we know we can't, and they pick three other companies that are, who looks better? We do, right? 100%. And just to be clear, you know, when we got the Surfside cameras two years ago, we don't sit down and watch video footage all day long trying to see what somebody's doing. And what I do now is if I have a driver on the phone, right, let's say... Super Dave calls me up. He's out in 003 today, and he calls me. Hey, Jam, I have a question about PTO. We address that, and then I just kind of pull up his camera alerts to see, hey, Super Dave, by the way, you know, these are the alerts that we got on you. Three of them are false. This one's true. We could be better than that, you know. Right. So it's not we're looking to, to grill people or bring them upstairs and, and, you know, fire people. It's none of that. We just want to be better. And the guys that I have talked to, they all have been receptive. Like, you know what? You're right. I should be doing better. So that video is powerful when you watch yourself <laughs> yeah. and you realize, wow, I did that. <laughs> I, I can be better. You know, that's a, that's such a powerful visualization, right? I mean, that's just, that is huge. I did have a driver, you know, I call him out on something. Same thing. He called me. I talked about something else on the list and he was like, I don't do that. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> Let me shoot you some video footage. And then he texts me back like, wow, I, I didn't even realize I was doing that. So I'm yeah. sorry. And problem solved. Like the next day, done. Yeah. You know, so. How many call-ins a week do you think we get, Jim? Depends on the week. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, mean. Would you venture to say, I'm going to step out on a limb, maybe three to possibly five if it's a busy week? I'd say five is pushing it. I'd say definitely one or two a week, you know. Sometimes three or four, but, you know, I, I think for the most part we are out there doing a good job. But the call-ins that we do get, I mean, the way they're described, like, we, right. yeah, it's just, you guys got a drunk driver, you know, <laughs> trying to kill somebody. That's and, going 85 miles an hour. Right, because yeah. all the trucks are turned yeah. up, right, you know. and But of the call-ins we get, I would say 99% of them are legit. Yeah, because when somebody do, does call in, they're upset. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're mad. Yeah. Yeah. So they exaggerate the truth, but something happened. Right. Right, that we can be better on it. That's what's great is to take that video sample and show it. Be like, hey, what can we do next time? Right. right. How can we be better next time? And ultimately, it's just the ease up. Right. You know what I mean? Be more slow courteous. up a little bit. Be yeah. more courteous. Slow down. Yeah. There's a red light a quarter mile ahead of you anyway. You're not going to beat anybody in the right. big truck. Right. But also the video is so powerful because when we do get those call-ins that are not accurate, you know, we could say right to the caller, I'm watching the video right now and you were antagonizing our driver. Right. You know, we should actually probably call the police and yeah. then they hang up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Exonerates us. It's kind of like what I think it was Dennis uh, Viscara that said it, you know, I want my camera because I feel naked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel protected. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, moving on to procedures, clocking in and out. And I don't want this to sound like a complaint session, but I am grumpy about the timesheets. I'm just grumpy about it. It's It's been so time-consuming. JFW pays me pretty good money to make sure everybody's clocking in and out every day. And when I say I come in and I spend a few hours, I spend a few hours making sure people are doing this. It's too hard. You got to make it easier. 
It's an extra task for the driver. These are this is feedback that I've sure, got. Sure. You know, you guys used to have to write your time down on a piece of paper. That took time. You actually had to write. Um, I did take your feedback serious though, and you guys wanted to make it easier. There's a drop down tab now to help you clock in and make your note. You know, but every day there's 10, 15, 20 people that either forgot to clock in or they didn't make the note. So I don't really know what to do to stop that other than calling, calling people, texting people, group text messaging. How do we make it easier to, to do it? I mean, you just got to remember, and I understand it's new, you know, and, and some of the guys, I mean, they're good guys. They're, they're some of the elite, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, Are sorry. They? Well, Are they, Jim? If I threw some names at you, you would say, <laughs> really? He can't remember to clock in? That's my point. Right. <laughs> right? Are they elite if right. they can't remember to clock in or clock out? That's not elite in my world. I get it. I get it. Trust me. I was going to joke around that we could just switch everybody to hourly because we'd save a lot of money, right, Jim? (laughs) Nobody clock in, nobody clock out. We just just haul loads. I mean, it'd be kick butt. Exactly. And, I mean, to, to that point, like, everybody knows how to request paid time off, right? And if they have a question about paid time off, they know how to pick up the phone and call me, right? So... When I see somebody made this strange note like Monday, like we know what day it is. That's not the note you're supposed to make. <laughs> Did you have a question about it? Like, you know, or, you know, I call somebody up, hey, you know, you need to clock in and, and, and clock into the project driving under short haul exemption. What's that? It's like, okay, so you're paying attention to bamboo or you're paying attention to announcements. It's the third week of January and you don't know how to clock in yet. It's, it's a little frustrating, but I get it. We're, we're getting better. I haven't looked at today, but we went from 90 people not doing it to about, you know, 15 to 25 or 30 people not doing it a day. So we Is are, Marty doing it every day? Marty, not only does Marty do it every day, he comes in so I can watch him do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been rocking it. <laughs> yeah. How, he, old's, how old's Marty? 72 years old. I know. He's 73. 74. 74. Just turned 74, yeah, right? Cow, yeah. Yep. If that doesn't prove you can't teach an old dog new tricks, if he can do it, anybody can do yeah, it. Yeah, he yes. comes in every morning and yes. he, he hits me in the shoulder. Here, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to play a little game with him like because he's looking for the buns. I'm like, you're getting hotter. You're getting hotter. <laughs> nope, you're cold. I Back mean, is, isn't that something that's just, it's, it's part of your job. It's part right. of the routine. I mean, when you get in and you start up the truck and it's sitting there building air and you've done your pre-trip and you go to release those brake buttons, isn't that time to clock in? Right. You, you know what I mean? Right. I, I guess I just, it blows my mind that we're not capable of that. Right. And I guess maybe some of these guys need to sit through a DOT audit and have a legit state patrolman sit across the table from them and ream them like they've done to us for right. these things. Right? I mean, that's where we have to be better because of that. But we want to be better. We want the state patrol to come in and we just hand them all that info like we're talking about. And they go, oh, this looks great. See you. We're out of here. Right. Right? Let them sit across the the table from the state patrol for not doing their job. Absolutely. That's, that's what sucks. Yeah, and I, I will say this. If you can't clock in and clock out on uh, Bamboo and you want to go out of town, we can't trust you to run a ELD. Right. You know, so if you're having trouble running locally and, and keeping your paperwork and it's electronic and it's two or three buttons, it's like three clicks. If you can't do that, I'm if I hear you going out of town and I got to set you up on an ELD, I'm, I'm going to deny that. You know, this person can't clock in every day. We're not going to have them run a logbook because they're not capable. 
Agreed. It's like trust, right? You got to yeah, build it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I liked the other day when you mentioned too, Jim, some of the guys, you know, said they were having a trouble remembering to do it in the morning or at night. And you mentioned Chris Beam. Yeah. He's been putting a sticky on the windshield yeah. to clock in and clock out. I mean, there's a problem solver. So right. great job, Chris. Yeah. But, I mean, getting it done, right? There's, yeah. there's always a way to get it done. Yeah. He's, he must have a label maker at home because it wasn't even a sticky. It was like, a label maker. A label. <laughs> yeah, cool. you know, so just like a goal sticker is on your side view mirror. He made a label like it's on his windshield where if you look at the windshield, you'll see it. But you got to read your own label too. And ever since then, he's been clocking in yeah. and out. But that's what I mean. We got good guys. Like Chris Beam's a good guy. Like, you know, very capable, very smart. It's new to him, you know. So I do understand that part. But the frustrating part is the people that – Oh, what do you mean I need to make a note? Or what do you mean I get? Like, how do you do it? Or how come you didn't call me? Like, if you have questions, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, safety topics of the week. We got distracted driving and seatbelts. Who wants to kick that off? I, I'll, I'll take a breather. I got plenty of <laughs> I, I can kind of go there, Jam, just because I, I looked some stuff up, like I said before we started. And I just wanted to put some numbers to it. Um, so, one of them is. Texting alone kills about 3,000 people per year. Wow. Just texting. Um, then, as far as distracted driving, cell phones, 9% are deaths. 13% is cell phones. And then 25% of distracted driving is non-fatal. So not necessarily the cell phone, but distracted, like reaching for your pop, reaching for your sandwich, you know, maybe just looking at your phone, adjusting your CB, stuff like that. That's that's all considered distracted driving. And the article I pulled up, and they've combined the last three years, and the article I read says, driving has become an apathetic activity for most Americans. I had no idea what apathetic means. <laughs> and so I looked that up. So it is uninterested or indifferent, showing no interest. So you guys, we have people, driving has become an uninterested activity for most Americans. Put it bluntly, most Americans don't give a shit when they drive. And you guys are out with them every day. So that attitude has resulted, this is their average, of 3,287 deaths a day in an automobile. And I tried to visualize that, and I know not everybody's football fans, but everybody knows about you know Mile High Stadium or Invesco or whatever the new name is or, or whatever, but the South Stands. I mean, they're famous, right? The South Stands at the stadium. I looked it up. That holds 8,000 people with the new seating. Think about that being emptied every three days. Every three days, 8,000 people disappear roughly. All from distracted driving. So that, that's what I wanted to kick it out with was just try to visualize that and understand how serious that are. And, and that's the reason we're, we, we're, Dave mentioned using the cameras, that we don't have to have 20 people out there. We know we're talking to Vince Meekin and he's taking all this interest and in trying to be better. And I mean, we have, we have, most Americans are showing no interest in driving, you guys. Yeah. Time, time time to be better, right? Absolutely. The way I described it to uh, a driver the other day, so in the firearms community, because distracted driving, you're, when we talk about situational awareness and stuff like that, 
to me, driving is the same thing. You have to have good situational awareness, right? So in the firearms community, there is color codes to the conditions of situational awareness. The first condition is condition white. Condition white, you are totally oblivious to your surroundings. You have no clue what's going on around you. The only place you should really be in condition white is in your home, right? So driving is the same thing. You can't be in condition white driving down the road. We all know that we're all capable of, we could probably all drive a vehicle going forward and send a text message, right? We're all capable of doing that, right? Same thing with walking. We're all probably capable of walking down the street texting. But some people, there are videos you run into a pole or something, right? Because they're not looking up at all. That's so, me. <laughs> so if you were going to walk down, let's say, a street and text message, you would probably feel comfortable. But what if I told you every once in a while somebody's going to throw a beer bottle at you, right? Now you're walking down the street and you're looking down. You're not paying attention to that beer bottle or a softball. Same thing with driving. If you're, if you're looking at your phone, yeah, you're probably safe going forward. Right, but what about the things the, the things that come into play? What about the car that runs the stop sign? What about the driver that changes lanes into you? Stuff like that. Those are the things you're missing cues on avoiding an accident. So I don't know if I explained that well, but yeah, no, that was a great explanation. Yeah, very Jim. well, good analogy. I want to step out there on seat belts. <laughs> you know, we've tried to come up with every way in the world to get everyone to wear their seat belts, and I guess I have to throw this out there. <clears throat> Is everyone aware if they're in an accident in the state of Colorado and they do not have their seatbelt on and it is not their fault, the other person is not liable? And I guess I'll, I don't know, another for, way for, to say for that. For your injuries. For your okay. injuries. Yeah. So if you're cut off, you roll your truck over, you're thrown aimlessly around that cab, your back is broken and you are paralyzed the rest of your life, too bad for you. You didn't have your seatbelt on. That other guy is not liable. State of Colorado made that law to make everyone responsible for themselves, which on one hand is great, on another hand kind of sucks, right, if yeah. it's not your fault. But why didn't you have your seatbelt on? I don't know if any of you have ever watched a video of a car being rolled over with no seatbelt on. That person's just a cannonball being thrown around in there. They are everywhere. If they have their seatbelt on, they're locked into that seat. Yeah. I mean, it is just night and day safer, hands down. Now you'll always have the people that are like, I know somebody that was killed because they had their seatbelts on. Well, they might, right? Do you know why? That was probably a statistic of like one in 10,000 that, that that happened. It was a horrific accident. Yes, it happened. It's true. But the other 9,999, their lives were saved. Absolutely. So, you know. Gosh, you know, wear your flipping seatbelt. You don't put your one-year-old in the car not in a car seat, I hope. You know, I hope you don't put your five-year-old in the back without putting a seatbelt on them. I hope you're not that person, so why not be better and lead by example? Why not be that person that the minute you get in the truck, the dinger's dinging at you, you put your seatbelt on. You know, everybody's found all these ways around it, and it's ridiculous. Put it on and wear it. It's a safety click. That's why they call it that. Yeah, and you mentioned being locked down in the driver's seat. So if you are in an accident, you need to be able to control your vehicle. You know, if you run off-road or their shoulder grabs you or somebody hits you, you may be able to save your life or somebody else's life by staying behind that wheel and be able to have some kind of control over your vehicle versus, you know, thrown onto the floor, thrown into the jump seat or whatever have you, you know? So Spot on. And it's the other, the other thing deal. about the seatbelts and the distracted driving – 
These are not JFW policies. They are JFW policies, but they're the law. You are not allowed to use your phone in a big truck. It carries about a $1,500 fine. That's reaching, talking, grabbing. Is that it, Super Dave, right? $2,700. $2,700, right? Seatbelts, that's a law. You don't have a choice, right? And when we hear somebody got pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt, I mean, it, it just makes me lose respect for that that person. It's like, wow, you didn't have your seatbelt on today. It, it is simple too, Jam, but so is the hours of service. Right. That's a law. That's a violation. Right. That's the reason we're harping on that. <laughs> right. May not save your life, but it's a law. Right. Did we not just get a ticket at the port yesterday? Two day days before? Ago, yep. Two days ago. Yep. No so here we are, January 17th. Today's the 19th, but on January 17th, we didn't make it 17 days into the new year. We drove into a port of entry with no seatbelt on. Oh, that's not a big deal. <laughs> my, my we went to a place we could possibly be inspected because there's cameras as you roll across every scale without our seatbelt on. Did we get inspected for that? I, I was like, I was, what was that word you used? Inspected? So they just looked through the window and seen we didn't have the seatbelt on? Right? Come God, here. How dare them? Come here, youngin. <laughs> oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I make my kid put a seatbelt on. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the law. Let's do it. Let's Absolutely. be better. Let's be leaders. Let's lead by example. Let's, Let's put, put our seatbelt on. Let's show everyone we have our seatbelt on. Let's be proud of what we do. Let's be the best at what we do. Do we look better going to the port without a seatbelt on or with one on? I don't know. I think we look better with one, right? Let's be professional. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anybody else on that stuff? <laughs> you kind of no, got us all I going. Think, I think we covered it. Yeah. yeah. No, it was going bad. Uh, a, Jam little, with, with. a little frustrating. Those, those are frustrations coming out like, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny though. It's the law and everything else. And I'm, I'm an older person. So back huh? in the day, you didn't even have shoulder straps in cars. You had, right. you had lap belts, lap right? Belt. Yeah. And they would get lost in the crack of the seat, you know, and you wouldn't even, yeah. I mean, my mom's station wagon, you couldn't find the seat belts unless you lifted the bottom seat cushion and yeah. dug them out. Right. But when my girls were little, we would get into the car and they'd say, daddy, put your seatbelt on. Right. That. And I'd be like, you're right. And I'd put it on. And so, you know, years of doing that, you get in the habit of putting your seatbelt on. So when you're out there in your cars and your big trucks, just think of the people that love you and put your seatbelt on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, or you want to take it where you're, where somebody works so hard not to do it because I, my girls love to bug me and I am getting hard of hearing because of the age thing too is it's dinging at you, dad. It's dinging at you, dad. And you know, sometimes it's just, I'm messing with them and stuff, but how about the, the guys or the, the teammates who are covering men and women here that take all the time to click the seatbelt behind them. I didn't want to go there and show that. So it doesn't ding. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't tell the secret? No. So it doesn't ding. Too late. You made the effort to put it behind you and hook it instead of putting it around you? Right. Well, how does that feel? Right. Just yeah. dirty. No. It feels dirty. And I was wondering. <laughs> it, I was, it feels dirty. I don't like it. Uh, I was wondering, too. So, you know, the computer can tell like the software programs we have that the seatbelt is not clicked. But then the cameras can also tell you when somebody's not wearing a seatbelt. I'm like, that's pretty redundant. But the reason is, is because people are just clicking behind their backs. Right. Yeah. So the yeah. camera alert is probably more yeah. accurate than, uh, than yeah. the CPU alert. You know yeah. what I mean? We've so. got to make a computer smarter than <clears throat> we are to try and get around the system of the computer. Right. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I have a, 
real quick personal story about seatbelts, Jim. My wife, she was in a head-on collision, made the front page of the Rocky Mountain newspaper. I, I, I don't remember the year. I think it was 1977. But they were in a 1969 Ford Falcon. It was summertime. They were headed to a family reunion. So they had the whole family in the car. A drunk driver got on I-70 going westbound on the eastbound lanes right around the lake between uh, Sheridan and Wadsworth on I-70. So picture a drunk driver going westbound on the eastbound lanes. They came up over the hill at highway speeds and hit head-on. My wife's grandmother was in the back seat. She, the front seat, both people had their seat belts on. The rear seat didn't even have seat belts, Jim, in oh, that wow. old car. Huh. So grandma went out the front windshield, hit head on. My wife went right through the windshield right behind her, right? All sorts of carnage, all sorts of other vehicles. You know, luckily no one else was, was truly injured. My wife remembers laying in the hospital, I'm sorry, in the ambulance, you know, because they had benches on both sides of the ambulance looking over at her grandma. You know the how traumatic a head injury is, right? How much blood. Her ear is torn off. My wife has a permanent scar across her nose where she went through and hit. And, I mean, if that doesn't scar you or affect you in some way, her dad, he was so scared, had so much adrenaline at the scene. He gets out and he's trying to stop other vehicles, you know, from coming up on him and just having a pileup of 50 cars. And he's waving people down. And anyway, you know, the police get there. The ambulance gets there. Everybody gets loaded up. They get... Janet's dad to the to the hospital. They start doing an invest, you know physical investigation on him, and he's missing his front teeth. And they're like, "Mike, where are your front teeth? You know, did you have front teeth?" And he's like, "Yeah, I had front teeth. Are they not there?" And he goes, "Yeah." And they do an inspection on him, and they find his front teeth in his lip. Oh man! And he didn't even know it. Wow. So, guys, wear your seatbelt. Gals, wear your seatbelts. This is life-saving scenarios. I mean, this isn't a story you can... I'll go back in time and try and look it up. They made the front page of the Rocky Mountain News back in the day. Drunk driver. You never know when it's going to happen. If that were to happen today, that drunk driver isn't responsible for your injuries. They're not. You are. And then you're screwed. (laughs) You guys have to be better and think about yourselves. So please, please wear your seatbelts. It's serious. Absolutely. All right, moving on to uh, questions from the audience. And any one of you three guys can answer this. Dan Hawk asks, what is it that drives the many pit changes for product for the plants, mostly sand? Uh, moving the shit list around. Like, oh, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's wow. make this product. No, sorry. <laughs> you want to take a day? <laughs> honestly, I don't know that we can answer that. I believe it's supply and demand on what's available at the pits. I think, uh, you know, I'm making this up here, so I, I hope, you know, it's kind of with said with a grain of salt, but I know Brandon, when they set up their purchase agreements with these local suppliers of what they have available, what Brandon thinks their usage is going to be, you know, can any one gravel pit keep up with their demands throughout the year? I don't know that there's one answer that answers that because it's, you know, one of the gravel pits, they could have COVID for two weeks and they're out of sand. Right. If they're shut down because they don't have 
three loader operators got sick and got COVID, and they haven't been able to supply any aggregate to the to the plant. I who knows? It's it's a crazy world right now with supplies. You yeah, said one, a grain of salt. I think you meant a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that that I think drives it, Dave, and I know you you know you'll back me up on this is sometimes it's the amount of water that's in the sand mm. when the pile gets so low or so built up it should set the, it should and a lot of times it doesn't when everybody's busy and drain water out of it a certain amount of time right. so that it has a natural moisture content that sand should be high, hauled out first and then rotated and i know like between morton and you know lg everest or whatever when I've been up there, I'm like, wow, they're loading that sand off out and it's right off the stacker, you know, and we know that's too much water for the plants because they're paying for it in tonnages. Mm. So I know if they have a chance, we do rotate plants or sands because of water content. I always yeah. thought it might have to do a little bit with a salesperson, like some trickery, like, hey, here's some good deal on some sand or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like you said, it could be a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Kurt Spencer asks, can we get a load out of fair play when we do the Alma haul? And I know sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. So maybe you guys could explain that. Yeah, what we ran into, guys, and we didn't, you know, it, it's not because of anything or anybody, but obviously we haul, had the haul down to plant 13 out of fair play. And this summer, as they were running material to stockpile for this winter for us to continue to haul out of fair play, down to like plant 13 um, there was a hole in a screen or some part of the plant was damaged and they ran I don't know somewhere around 40 to 60 thousand tons of material that not secretly but got contaminated unknown to Brannon so the stockpile we were supposed to haul all winter long is contaminated so that's the that's the concrete side of the rock or the concrete side of the plant so obviously, if we were hauling to Alma now, we should be able to grab a load from Fair Play of our concrete side and haul that rock down. So that part got eliminated. That's what's the matter with Plant 13 on that haul. They've, we've moved material up there. They're planning to wash in spring. And there was even a rumor about hauling Union, I believe, and Plant 13 back out of Fair Play. So that'll mean even more work this summer or this spring. So that that's good news. That doubles the workload out of Fair Play. Yeah, it doubles the workload, absolutely. And then as far as what's up there right now and not being able to take something to the plant, you know, Brandon is kind of like everybody else, you guys. We're hauling Alma in, let, let me say, November, December, January, February here. It's cold months. The asphalt plants aren't doing anything, they're not paving a bunch. I know we've had good weather and they've probably paved more than what they have, but having us haul a load down to just sit at a plant, that's a lot of money out of, let's say, Brandon's pocket because they've they've produced the material, they paid for the material, even if it's their plant, same, same cost, they paid us to haul it, then it just sits there in a pile and doesn't get used till let's say March or April. That's a huge cost. Brandon saves some of that in case we absolutely have to have a load or something comes up or, you know, so they, they can afford to, to run hard all summer. So it's, it, it's business. I, hopefully I explained that to you guys and, and Kurt, hopefully that, that kind of gets that, that there's, even though there's all that rock sitting there, it just can't be hauled right now. It's not money effective. Makes sense. 
Does and, the, and not sorry, Jim. Oh, you're good. Dispatch does ask every day. Yeah. Can we take a load to Lapan? Can we take a load to Rock Creek? I mean, they are they are relentless on <clears throat> on you know Brandon Dispatch asking, hey, can we do this? Hey, can we do that? They're don't think they're not trying because they sure are. I mean, they right. they have the demands that that we put on them as well as keeping you guys busy. Yep. Yeah, it's good for everybody when it happens. So, uh, Justin Romero asked me this morning. When will we stop doing both sets of paperwork, referring to Axon and the actual paperwork? Wow, great, great question, Dustin. Um, not sure I have an answer for that. Um, and I'll, I'll, it's going to sound like I'm going to throw you guys under the bus, but some of the stuff we were just talking about, because the stuff being done on your phone is not being done super well, and either is the paperwork so it takes both those components to make one good proper entry into tickets so that you guys get paid properly and we're billing properly. Um, so I guess my challenge would be, I'd love to throw out there, go, if you guys really start entering the tickets, really working your bamboo, I'm sorry, not the bamboo, the Axon app with your tickets and do a good job and not missing tickets, we could eliminate the paperwork. We would love to do that. I mean, you know how much work it is, you guys, to grab the bucket out there, bring the paperwork in, you know, pull all the paperwork apart, somebody entering the paperwork. So, uh, Dustin, kind of spread the word, maybe in one of your uh, uh, lunchbox deals about doing your paperwork and, and doing it correctly. It falls on you guys. It, it's it's back on your plate. So that, that would be my ask, answer, Dustin. I like it. That's awesome. I'm sitting here laughing, Jim, because you said lunchbox deals, and it's a toolbox. Uh, toolbox. <laughs> toolbox <laughs> meeting. Well, Dustin, enjoy lunch, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I like the sound of a lunchbox meeting. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, it's like a paid it, lunch. It's funny, yeah. too, as I was saying that. I was like, what are those called? What are those called? What are those called? <laughs> Don't you hate that? And then lunchbox came out. Speaking I feel like of, I do that every day. What's that called? Speaking of the toolbox meeting, I was uh, pretty happy with the one that Dustin just sent over to us. His first one that was edits. There's, can we do this? Can we do that? And he just nailed it this time. So yeah, it looked good. Yeah, yeah looked I, good. I answered you back in the email. Yeah, there, there was one out of there. Don't don't be a hero on that right. last page. And I yep. I was like, what do they mean? Don't be a hero. And when I read it, Jam, I was like, exactly. That's yeah. that's good. I, I won't yeah. I won't rob it because it's a good one for yeah. for him to stand on his lunchbox and, <laughs> and tell everybody about. Uh, good job, Dustin. Cool. Super Dave, you want to lift our spirits up and hit us with the high road hauler? Yeah, I sure do. Um, I put this together a couple weeks ago, but we haven't had a podcast for a couple weeks, so it's still pretty current. Um, it does focus a little bit on COVID and what everybody's going through right now. So um, the media has filled our thoughts with negativity, fear, distrust, and anger. Maybe because it's the stories that involve tragedy or suffering that draw people's attention. Just like the looky-loos that stop traffic when driving by an accident on the roadway. Somehow this stuff is magnetic and we can't resist to look or listen. But in the media, this becomes a powerful bulldozer that buries everything else. The past couple of years have been overfilled with stress, uncertainty, but every dark cloud has a silver lining. You just have to look. Unsung heroes are around every corner. If you walk into Walmart late at night, you may just run into a high school principal stocking shelves. 
In South Carolina, school principal Henry Darby works the night shift after a full school day and donates his earnings to his struggling students. When violence repeatedly escalated at a troubled high school in Louisiana, a group of dads began showing up in the school hallways. Their simple presence transformed the school. Drop off your kids at the school bus and their bus driver may just be one of the nation's top executives. When retired FBI boss and Fortune 500 company exec Mike Mason learned his county's school district was short on bus drivers, he found his third act chauffeuring kids to school. The joy of living is contagious. In the Big Apple, when residents of apartment complexes got their uh, building's kind-hearted cleaning lady of 20 years, they learned she had got furloughed, they pooled their funds to gift her two years rent for the penthouse in that building. In Indiana, when a pizza delivery man began having issues with his 28-year-old car, the community gifted him a new ride. When disaster strikes, communities unite. Early in the year, when the unusually balmy city of Houston, Texas, faced unprecedented, unprecedented ice storms, plumbers drove from afar to help. A mattress store owner offered shelter to stranded strangers, and a couple took in their delivery driver for five days. In New Orleans, Hurricane Ida, nurses voluntarily stayed through the night to shelter NICU babies. A music venue dished up meals for residents without power, and the same Houston mattress store owner sheltered storm victims once again, this time at his store in Louisiana, while also supplying truckloads of mattresses and other essentials. Amid tornadoes in Kentucky uh, just before Christmas, nursing home aides shielded their elderly residents from debris while everyday citizens rallied together toys for the holidays. And in Colorado, donations and support of all kinds pour out to help the fire victims in Boulder County. Sports are about much more than winning. Among the highlights of uh, last year's Tokyo Olympics, high jumpers from Qatar and Italy who are also friends, shared the gold instead of opting for a jump off. This is beyond sport. This is the message we deliver to the younger generation, Qatar's Mutaz Essa Barim stated after co-winning one of the most competitive high jump finals in history. Polish javelin thrower auctioned off her silver medal to help an infant get heart surgery, only to get it returned by, her, uh, by the supermarket chain that purchased it and donated the funds for the baby surgery. People everywhere welcome strangers as family. In Canada, a popular television show has brought over 50 politicians of different sides of the political spectrum together in political blind dates, which is a pretty cool idea. Uh, on social media, a father shared about his autistic teen's wish for friends for his, for his birthday. 55,000 birthday wishes flooded in. In Ontario, Canada, a homeowner took the lowest bid on his home after learning of the family story and recalling strangers' acts of grace to him in hard times. We don't know how life will treat us in 10, 15, or 20 years from now, so the best thing to do is live it well today, he said. And never doubt the capacity of the human spirit to make lemonade from lemons. In Lyons, France, an anonymous artist fills public potholes and cracks with stunning mosaics of colorful tile and stone. And as we wind down the holiday season, when a man learned his neighbor was going through hard times, he strung holiday lights from his house to hers as a symbol of connection. 
Soon the whole neighborhood was sparked with light as other neighbors strung lights from house to house in solidarity. So as you can see, no matter the circumstance, the human desire to do good and to help those in need will always be the driving force for society. And the quote today is, we build too many walls and not enough bridges. Uh, that quote is by Isaac Newton. So there you have it. Wow, good job, Dave. That was awesome. Yeah, that one chokes me up. That's good. Yeah. Excellent. Final thoughts? Yeah, I'm choked up of all the good stories. Yes, right. <laughs> it's, we'll it's, come back to you. <laughs> it's good to hear that. I yeah, just want to hear is bad, huh? Yeah. yeah. I just want to toss out there, please, the 20 bucks, you guys. I mean, if we could get 20 bucks from every person and raise that $2,800, that would just be huge. JFW will match that, and we can get that to the fire victims there that lost their homes. So 20 bucks, please. Just come see myself or Brother Jim or Brother Dave or Jam or whatever the case may be. So. Yeah, absolutely, you guys. I know I know how thoughtful you guys were over at Christmas, and thank you for that. And this is another chance to make a difference in, in quite a few people's lives. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Be known for doing the right things. Okay, like Spike Lee says, do the right thing. Yep. <laughs> I thought you'd just do it. <laughs> That's Nike. Yeah, just my thought for today is following up on... on the previous uh, topics, but just think about the ones you love and the, the people that love you and uh, do the right thing in that respect. Right. Yeah. All right. Good job guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Glad to be back. Yep. Glad to be doing this again.